Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti, and this is episode 238 of Yoga Land. Hi there, Jason. You can't get any other guests on these days. I huh? know. It's 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 really Just unfortunate. Really no one well. wants to come out on the show. It's really sad. It is but really sad. Before we start in with show, show, show content, I want to just say a big, huge congratulations to our sound producer, Daniel Schaefer. He, I thought you were going to say to me, and I was like, what have I done that you're congratulating me for? No, he and his wife just had a baby. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. So <laughs> it's just, it's so exciting. I've never met Daniel. It's always, it's always been an internet collegial relationship, and yet I feel like I know him, and I'm sure he feels like he knows us because he's well, had he's, to listen oh my God, to that every poor guy. single episode. Oh my gosh! Also, has anyway. he heard any of the uncut stuff? We haven't had many. He's uncut. heard all of it. No, wait a second. Even when we've had to turn off the when we bickered enough that we turned off the record button. I I'm sure. Oh my God. I mean, I don't usually edit it, but he edits it for me. Yeah, That's the whole okay. point. All right. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Thank you for putting up with us all knows these my years, pin numbers. Daniel. I'm very happy for him. Hey, before we get into the topic, you have been, actually, we've both been hugely busy with Yoga Land and affiliated kind of Behind the scenes yeah, work. Yeah. We were both really good for a while at not working because uh-huh. we were moving and yeah. we were just sort of putting everything on yeah. that. And then we got right back to it. So, so quick, tell me where you are in the website redesign yeah. and why it's being done. Well, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about it, mainly because my content blueprint students know I've been talking about it for a long time. And so um, I I just, since I do have this content course, it's it's part of my own learning journey to do this redesign in many ways on my own. It's the first one. So you started your website long ago. I can't remember her name, Amy, Amy from growing up. Yeah. You had a good friend who was a designer who did that first one. It was actually so lovely. It was great. So pretty. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then we had, I had Sheila Buchanan do the next one. And then we had, she did the third one. Oh, sorry. I had Chris from Juice do. Oh, right. That black and gold one. Yeah. 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 And then we had Sean Appeal from Media Habits do, or sorry, from Brand Habit. My apologies do the last one. And at this point, the main reason that I wanted to do a redesign was first to freshen things up. It's always nice to freshen things up. I'm a visual person and I like to be, I like to be excited about our own visuals. It just yeah. keeps me inspired. Yeah. And you and I have very different color palettes since I started my course. And so I wanted to find a bridge to, to work with those color palettes together. So I hired Ali, a friend of mine, a creative director, to do the color a new fresh color palette for us and it's super flexible and there's like a lot of colors in the palette so we can create lots of different kinds of pages for your different programs and people will visually know right away that they're looking at a different program right so the first reason was that i wanted to merge our colors the second reason is that i really wanted to have the knowledge and the ability to update our website much more quickly and much more often I think that's actually the first reason. You know what I mean? Like we have so much content. Well, and also, I mean, with COVID and kind of changing the way that you're doing things, yeah. it made it more necessary to make the website a, 
more accurate reflection of what you're working on. Yeah. And that was harder for me to do with this last revision of the website. So we are staying on WordPress, but we started using this drag and drop tool called Elementor, which I love. It's kind of like Squarespace, but it's for WordPress. So I have worked a little bit with a designer who I hired, but she mostly just moved things to Elementor for me. And I've been kind of designing on my own and it's been fun and frustrating. And I've gone literally back to 1995 full circle when I was a production assistant for a web company. And I literally coded HTML all day long for, you know, two years. I'm like going back to those days with like all the taxonomy and all that stuff. So it's almost ready. It's almost there. And we've really reorganized things as well. I, that, that was the other thing, as you said, we have a lot of content and we really do. And I wanted to make it much more easy for people to search through the podcasts and kind of, you know, be able to binge like you binge on Netflix. Like, okay, I am yeah. in an anatomy nerd mood. Totally. I want to go deep. I want to go there. Yeah. And so I'm like grouping all the anatomy things together and grouping all the sequencing things together and grouping all the content things together and just kind of really making it easy to just enjoy all the stuff we have. So I've been with Glow for, I think, 10 or 11 years. And I know from working with them, and I also know from our upstairs neighbors, our former upstairs neighbors in San Francisco, who are literally rocket scientists, but work with machine learning. Mm -hmm. And just from paying attention to the world that content-based sites struggle when the right content isn't found by the right person. Mm -hmm. So whether it's Netflix or Hulu or Glow or whoever it is, when you have sites that have an overwhelming amount of content, right. you need either easy pathways so that people can find that content, like the right person finds the stuff that's right for them. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have to operate at the scale of those businesses. No, we do but not. But we have <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of secondary pages yeah. full of content and really good stuff that just gets buried. Yes. You know, and so going through that work, you know, it's it's kind of the downside or the shadow side or the secondary challenge that comes with having a bunch of stuff. I mean, absolutely. And so the interesting thing, hearing you say that is to clarify that when people go to the newly redesigned website, it actually is going to look a lot more simple mm -hmm. because I'm trying to consciously behind the scenes give people clearer pathways to find things. Well, it's in so many so ways. So fewer choices, actually. Yeah. So actually, that's not what we're going to talk about, but good teaching gets simpler. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like almost always a subject seems simple. And then you start to learn more and more about it. And that subject seems really complicated. Mm -hmm. And then when you really learn a lot about it, you're like, oh, it's simple again. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's, to me, it's the same with teaching. I think that I am a better teacher than I have been in the past. But I think my classes are more simple. Like I've distilled things. Mm -hmm. I was kind of, I, th I feel like we were talking about this. I was either talking about this in my sequencing course as I was filming it or as a conversation that we had recently. And I was thinking about stores that I really like. I mean, there aren't that many of them, but I was thinking about like bookstores that I really like or like chef stores that I really like as being already well curated, you know, where it's kind of like, Someone knows more than me about the thing that I'm interested in, and they have waited 
through all of the stuff I'm not interested in and narrow the selections. Yeah, you totally. know, mm-hmm. and they and like the bookstores, right? It's like they have ten books on a table, and they're all like the turgid Japanese dramas, or then you know they have the ten books on a table that are all the espionage books. You know, where like that person has sorted through and grouped and organized the content for me. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that as a teacher is. I'm much more streamlined and I'm much more simple because I feel like over the years I've been able to to just get rid of stuff, to get rid of a lot of stuff. Yes. You know, in my own teaching, I've been able to strip down and get rid of a lot of stuff and just try to get to the the essence of the things. Yes. Yeah. So yes, hopefully when people land on our freshly redesigned website, they will feel like it is distilled and delivering to them packages of things that are very enticing that they want to explore sounds good to me (laughs) made it sound a little dirty or something but (laughs) you know i was still thinking about food okay like packages of things that they want to explore yeah i was still thinking about like like a pack ravioli or something yeah Yeah, 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 okay all right good 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 so we came upon the topic that we're going to chat about for a while oh well actually because this this is what you this came to to pass because of what you've been working on behind the scenes, which is our home studio. Yeah. We've got our home studio all set up. We have a proper film studio, like a really good film studio, a three camera, no joke. This is the legit film studio. And the reason that we did it, well, we've done it for a lot of things is because I look, I'm not that good at most things, but the things that I am good at are the things that I'm really passionate about. And I care about the quality of online education. So what I mean by that is it's not just, I don't feel like it's just enough for me to be a subject matter expert. I feel like the aesthetic needs to be really nice. Like it, like I think. Do you mean that you don't want me crawling in the frame in my pajamas I do. I for do. The, all the rest of eternity? I okay. do. Okay. But, you know, it's like we're, we're, we're in this world where a lot of us are learning online. And that's not going away. Yeah. At least online opportunities are not going to go away. They, you know, God willing, it won't be the only option for people. Exactly. But it as an option, hopefully it's not going away. And so the quality of the look and the feel and the user interface, it like it matters to me. So we are in this process of building the studio out. And I I don't know how to describe this, but as we are doing this so that I could refilm, because now I have refilmed, by the way, my sequencing content. This is now the fifth time. Oh, shoot. And I forgot to mention that this is the last few days you can register for that workshop this weekend. Yeah. By the time you hear this, it's the last moment. Yes. So you would go to jasonyoga.com slash sequencing if you want to sign up. But so I, I don't know how to describe this the right way, but I guess the bottom line is in preparation to film things, I am both excited and also blue. Nauseated. Not nauseated. Okay, well, that's good. Not nauseated. That's how I feel a little bit. When I'm filming things? No, when I have to film things. A little nauseated. No, not nauseated, just blue. Okay. Or, let me put it another way, this is kind of down. And it's my insecurity. It's my vanity. It's not that I have that many vanities, but it's, it's, there, like, there is an inherent insecurity to, for me, 
I'm, I'm going to say for me, I think this is universal to most everyone, but we're talking about me. And also listeners, I believe at this point will be able to charge me for listening because this is going to be a brief therapy little therapy. Yeah. Okay. No, but so, so here's the thing. It's like anytime I get into an intensive filming phase, I don't think about it that much when I'm just teaching my weekly glow content because it's so routine for me. But when I do especially practice content, and then when I do especially long format lectures, like 15 hours of lecture, I just have to see a lot of my face. And I have to see it in really professionally shot HD quality video. <laughs> do you know? You know what I mean? And so here's the thing. It's interesting because I am both very confident in, in what I teach, but there's just an inherent insecurity. Let's just like put it plainly. Well, there's a couple of them. Nobody likes to see themselves on film. Most people don't even like to hear their voice recorded. It's yeah, just an yeah. odd well, that's the, phenomenon. So that's the other thing is, is not only, okay, so not only do, am I the one that pushes play and then I go sit and say, hey, thanks for coming to my welcome course, blah, 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 blah. But I'm the one that does the video editing too. So you have to watch yourself. And the audio editing too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of me looking at me. It's almost impossible to not just be like, well, that space between your teeth has gotten bigger. Well, that receding hair has gotten more receding. I thought you were getting a little bit more, a little bit more blonde, but actually you've gotten a lot more gray. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not like these things travel with me on a daily basis. But they become acute when I'm filming myself. And so it just got me thinking a lot about the experience of being a yoga teacher and the insecurity of being physically mm -hmm. in front of people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're mentally in front of people. You're emotionally in front of people. You are a leader in various ways. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's all sorts of different ways to feel insecure. And it's not like I... It's not, it's not like I have any single thing that I'm particularly displeased about, but I, it's been 25 years of doing this. I no longer look like I'm 22. You were like the young boy on the scene for so long. I know. Yeah. So that's, 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 kind of both, that's kind of both the upside, as I feel really proud that I've made it in this livelihood for a long time. Yeah. But it's kind of like looking at wedding photos. You know what I mean? You're like, whoa, time has passed. You don't feel that way when you look at the photos of me, right? Of you? No, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I think- It hasn't even been that long that we've been married. It's not I like know. we've been married since we were 22. So, I, so, I, so it just got me really thinking about just the, the, the universe, it's pretty universal. Yeah. Feeling of insecurity when it comes to being a yoga teacher and being in front of people. And I think that for me, for some reason, online is harder. So, okay, there's two things, there's two places where I feel more insecure that I've always felt more insecure. I feel least insecure with my presence in person classes. I feel more insecure when I'm filmed and when I write something. I always felt super insecure about writing content, especially for Yoga Journal, right? So I felt probably 
at least as insecure about writing the content as I did excited about it. Yeah. There's just, there's two things about feeling like when your thoughts are being captured, like when they're yeah. being recorded. Yeah. You know? Right. It's, it's really that is sense. that feeling of being recorded mm. that it, it, because you know, here's the thing is as a yoga teacher, when you teach in-person classes, it's live. Right. right. Everyone's doing it at the same time. It's live. Yeah. And so you're going to make mistakes. You're like, hair is going to be messed up someday. You need a haircut. You know, whatever yeah. it is. But it's like live. You know what I mean? People are not going to remember every single word. No. Whereas your videos, people rewind. I see people on the Facebook page saying, oh, I've watched module two four times now. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of scrutiny. And then, and then even if it, even if there isn't scrutiny from the outside, there is the perception of it from the inside. Well, right. Even if it's not negative scrutiny, it just still makes you very conscious of every word that you say and every movement and every hair out of place. Right. But I want to talk about something. I want to interrupt you. I hope I'm not no. really interrupting. I just no. want to inter interject an insight for, for me, which is that, I mean, it's interesting that you talk about being more comfortable live in person than you are writing or recorded because I am exactly the opposite. And I believe that it has to do with one thing and one thing only. And that is that it's really challenging to feel, well, it's both necessary as a human and challenging as a human to feel seen. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, interesting. I feel when I'm teaching live way too seen. It's like too much. I literally feel like there's a magnifying glass on me, a spotlight on me. Mm -hmm. I feel so uncomfortable. I've sort of worked through it. I mean, I'm getting better at it. And if I had more of an opportunity, I'm sure I would get better at it. But like, that's how I feel. Whereas for you, the recording, the, the okay, this is going to be out there forever. Yes. Is the feeling way too seen. Yeah, I think it's also like literally, I mean, God, this, I don't, this is so, I got it. It really is pretty vain actually. But when I teach a class, I'm not standing in front of a bleeping mirror. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not looking at myself the whole time. Yeah. But yeah. so there is when I'm the, filming, the it's me and a monitor. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, it's yeah. me and the yeah. monitor, me checking right. the sources, me doing the ins and outs, me doing all the all of it. Yeah, you know mm -hmm. where it's like, like I talk a lot with my face and my hands. Mm -hmm. But if you pause at any moment in a recorded content, the paused screen on my face. Like I'm looking like some ins like yeah, insane maniac. Yeah, lo it, it looks very different than the way you ever look in person. No, I know that. Yeah. Right? I mean, thank God. But you would not have married me. No, I wouldn't. You just <laughs> always, you look like you're like another creature yeah, entirely. Look, yeah, yeah, like an insane, like an insane whatever person. Like you look like a rabid like squirrel or something. It's the passion. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, I've heard rabid squirrels are the most passionate creatures. Um. I thought it'd be interesting to have this conversation. You know, so many conversations that we have are very serviceable and action-oriented, right? Here's the experience, here's the problem, here's why we, how we look to manage it. But also just sharing actual human feelings is something that we get to do. And it's something that you do as a yoga teacher too. Like you just share who you are sometimes. Mm -hmm. 
And so I thought it would be valuable for people to be able to reflect on the reality that most everyone, when they're teaching a class, has moments of insecurity. Most everyone, when they're recording a podcast or writing a blog or taking a, doing a photo shoot, which is like hell on earth, right? Mm -hmm. Doing a photo shoot, filming yourself on Zoom. And, you know, I used to say this to, I used to say this to my, everyone in my advanced trainings, when we would get together on Zoom, I'd say, hey, I just want to remind you, you don't actually look like what you look like on Zoom. Like you don't, you don't actually, people don't actually look like that. Those are horrible cameras. But I thought it'd be helpful for all of us to remember that this is just a very human thing. Mm -hmm. That in all sorts, in many different situations in life, we feel raw, we feel vulnerable, we feel exposed. And that's just a component of the human condition. Yeah. I, a few years ago, I, it was actually several years ago now, I took a class, a blogging class, which is like an online course and covered blogging and design and sort of packaging and Instagram. And one of the assignments, there were weekly assignments. And one of the assignments was the only assignment I actually remember was to simply take a selfie and post it. And this was before Instagram stories and where it was before video was used all the time. And it took me probably four days to do a photo, find a photo, apply a bazillion filters to it and post it on the internet. And I had never, like I'd never done a selfie before and it was horrifying. And then I did it and then it got exponentially easier yeah. to do it. And so this comes up a lot actually when I'm talking to people in my content course, like, okay, I'm just a normal person with a normal face and a normal body. How do I get used to talking to a camera just for my stories? How do I get used to, you know, posting videos of myself? How do, and I just, the only answer I have is you just have to do it. Yeah. And you just have to keep doing it because none of us are ever really going to get over. If we're the type of people who look at a photo or look at ourselves in a, in a camera and we notice our flaws we're not really ever going to get over that. It's just always going to kind of be there. And you still have to just decide that you care enough about what you're doing to share it and that it's okay to share it. I think there's another really big component of it. It's okay for you to share it from you, from your body and your face, your normal body and your normal face and your brain. It's valuable to people and it's important to to share as like an everyday person. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't really know I was going to go down that trajectory, but I, no, I really feel that way. Well, as you were saying that too, I have been extremely fortunate to have a fair amount of commercial success. Like success can be measured in a lot of ways, but I've had a fair amount of commercial success and maintained a livelihood for a long time. But that doesn't necessarily change one's internal set point for security. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. Right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at because kind of what I was going to refer to is you and I have worked with, especially you, pretty much all of the well-known yoga teachers over the years. Yeah. We know most of them, friends with some, not friends with others, but we, we know them in some professional working capacity. 
it's not my experience that this is the most secure, emotionally stable community on the planet. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I, I should I should put it this way, is that I don't think that the well-known yoga teaching world or yoga entity world is more secure than the average person in this world. Exactly. Like, that, that's I what I'm that's getting exactly. at. I'm not saying, right, so I'm not being, I'm not like kicking sand in this community at all. Right. Uh, I'm saying it's like, I'll just kind of throw it back to me too. Like I studied with Rodney when Rodney was in his heyday of popularity, when he was on Oprah, Yeah. right? Yes. That experience, I used to think like, oh, if I'm able to do this and make a living of this, we were talking about me when I was at that age, not having anything and needing to go to the dental school. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. We were having that conversation the other day, right? Mm -hmm. But anyways, I used to think to myself like, oh my God, if I could if I could even just pay the bills mm -hmm. doing this job, mm -hmm. then I would feel so secure in who I am. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting how the goalposts just often change. Mm -hmm. How any inherent unresolved issue or insecurity within just doesn't get addressed by external factors. Right, well, it, it, it can it, be triggered. It can it, continue to be triggered. It can continue to be triggered, mm -hmm. right? And so it's not like commercial success decreases the experience of insecurity within people, right? Because mine, I think what the years have taught me is I am really good at what I do, but I am not necessarily for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. But somehow getting ready to create new content create a new course, refill myself for X number of hours, it just brings up all of the, it brings up all the doubt. Mm -hmm. Not doubt about the quality of the end product, yeah. doubt in how I will be seen and perceived. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the interesting thing for you, when you brought up kind of having worked with oh, well-known folks in the yoga community, et cetera, et cetera, I think the surprising thing for me to learn in that process was that commercial success or sort of quote unquote spiritual insight, spiritual wisdom, spiritual adeptness does not eradicate self-doubt and right. insecurity and vulnerability and being triggered and things like that. And that that's a really good lesson because I think that um, – and that's actually something that I feel – it's it's a good thing about social media is that I think when you and I were coming up in the yoga world, if if people were a generation or two or three ahead of us, it really felt like, I don't know. I, I just think people really wanted to present themselves as adept and having it all figured out. Sure. That just was really common. Sure. And I just don't think that, I don't think that's healthy. And it took me a while to kind of pull that veil back and say to myself, oh, I am just as worthy as they are. And I'm just as insightful at certain things as they are. And and so now I think you and I have much more of an in the trenches with you kind of uh, yeah. mentality. Yeah, like yeah. we are all just here learning together. And some of us become really insightful about certain things when we're 20. Like I have certain emotional intuition and like 
emotional intelligence that, that I've had for since I was a child, you know? Yeah. But there are other things that I'm just still trying to work out and work through and figure out. And so, yeah, we're, we're kind of all, we're kind of all in this together. Totally. Which I think is why I, we wanted to have this conversation. Yeah. It's not, we're having this conversation about bidding. So this isn't a bidding moment where we're oh, like, Jason, no, this so looks so good on camera. This is, I love his glasses. Um, it, I but do it's, love your glasses, by the way. I like my glasses too, actually. Yeah. You ones. know what I like about my glasses? That they're from Warby Parker. This is this podcast <laughs> is sponsored by Warby Parker, guys. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's Use not, coupon They pod. were a sponsor of mine really? at one point, but they are no. I no longer have sponsors. But those those glasses are from Warby Parker. They are. But can I tell you what I like about them? Yes. Seeing bleeping things. <laughs> Dude, I am so okay. That's another thing is I wear contacts. I had a big thing about this because I've worn contacts since I was a kid and then glasses at night, but I wear contacts and glasses. Yeah. And everyone, when they hear that, they're like, well, why don't you get the surgery? I'm like, because guess what? Ophthalmologist, Mr. or Mrs. Ophthalmologist, my eyes don't, they're not candidates for that because my eyes are insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, filming, actually, I won't. My eyes are less strange with my glasses on because when I would look at the camera, I have a, I have a really extreme dissonance between my right eye and my left eye Mm. and they have different focal ranges. And so when I would look at a camera there, one eye is always much more open and the other eye is more squinty because they're they're having to compensate. I never noticed that. Well, I noticed that, but not so much anymore. Not that I have that's, glasses. That's, that's my favorite thing about glasses is that they seem to actually work. Wow. Yeah. That's major. Yeah. I want to say one more thing. Can because... I finish the, my thought though? Oh, yeah, of course. It's just, it's obvious. But the point is, the point is not to be vulnerable. The point is not to have someone say that they like the stuff. The point is, as you're saying, like, we just all go through this. Mm-hmm. We all go through this in life and as a yoga teacher, especially if you do it for a long period of time, your body's going to be in front of people. Your face is going to be in front of people. Your words are going to be in front of people. And if you are like an actual person, sometimes that's, it's going to be difficult. It takes courage to be it a does. yoga teacher. It does. It, it's sometimes like, it's just going to be difficult and it's all you can do is be mature about it yeah you know yeah and just own change and totally that's it it takes a lot of i i am just i know i keep bringing this up but but when i host my my monthly calls with my group it's always a different group of people and i just i want to give everybody a big hug through the camera because it's hard work to put yourself out there like that day after day put yourself literally in front of people day after day when i used to do presentations you know, in my corporate life, there were always, you know, it's always like the PowerPoint deck or whatever. And you got to get ready for it and you got to rehearse it with the, your team. And then they fix the deck and they edit the deck and then you stand up there. No, 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 no. And it's this whole process to stand up there for 30 minutes and talk. Yoga teachers do this every day for an hour and a half or an hour, several times a day without a team, without a deck, without the lights, without, you know, without the whole thing. And so it's, it, it's kind of mind-blowing when you think about it. I think there's there's one more brief thing that I want to touch on, which is I don't – I literally don't think 
that I have the capacity to do something professionally that I'm not interested in. Like I don't, I truly do. Seeing how many times I've been fired from jobs before yoga (laughs) and the weird, the weird, anyways, I don't think I have the capacity. And at the same time, I do think there's an additional vulnerability to having your job and the things you talk about be your life and your passions. Yeah. So uh, so again, my when I teach yoga, yoga is not about me. My class is not about me. X, Y, and Z. I know that. But it's coming from me and I'm sharing, I'm sharing it through my inherent bias and my experience. And so there, if I was selling some other product and someone was not interested in that product, I think it would be less difficult. Right? For sure. Right? When you're when you're teaching something that you love and that you care about and you and is an accurate reflection of something that has been so meaningful in your life and someone doesn't is not into it, then it you have to have thick skin. So I've said this to my students forever is as a yoga teacher, you have to be a very thick skinned empath. That's really right? true. Because you have to understand and see people. Yeah. You have to understand social dynamics. You have to understand humanness and human behavior. You have to pay attention to what's happening around you. And you can't take it in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you have to do everything you can do to keep it like at bay. Mm-hmm. Because it's because it's too close. Mm-hmm. I would guess, I, I don't know if you know this, but I'm not a therapist or a trained um, doctor. <laughs> okay. But I would I would guess in ways, being a therapist, you have to be a thick-skinned empath. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like you have to have the ability to read and engage and care about people's wellness mm-hmm. and yet not lose not, sleep over it. Yeah. Well, not take every, yeah. Eight not hours take it all in all the day. time. So that's it. I wanted to say one more thing. Yep. Which is just when you were talking about being young and thinking like, oh, if I could just pay the bills, then I'll feel like I've arrived and I'll be, I'll feel whole or, you know, you didn't use those words, but, and you talked about how some things still get triggered. And I think the key, one of the key things here is that, yes, you have matured and yes, absolutely. You are more grounded and confident about who you are as just a human, but one time Baron Baptiste said to me, I asked him because he, he was, you know, he started doing yoga really young. Because... Not actually, who is this person? I've not heard of him. <laughs> so his, you know, his father like yeah. started one of the first yoga studios in San Francisco. And so he grew up at the yoga studio and started teaching when he was really young. And, and I was asking him what it was like to, I, I was, I was innocently, I was probably like 30 years old and like, well, what was it like to be like doing this for 30 years or something? And he kind of looked at me and he was like, Youth is wasted on the young. And he said, you know, I used to just, my body used to be able to do all these things. My mind hadn't caught up yet, but now my body can't do it anymore. And that's still hard. And so it's like, even though you are obviously not triggered by the exact same things, you have gained more insight. You are, you know, more confident in who you are, but aging doesn't stop. Yeah. It doesn't stop. Yeah. It's a dynamic process being a human being. And it's not revered, right, in our culture very much. It's not talked about very much. And it's not easy either. There's so many beautiful things about it. 
And there are some really crap things about it too. So. I wonder how much of it is just attachment to the past. I, you know, that's a really good point. You know, not yeah. even good God. Why would be, why would I even be attached to my teens and twenties? I exactly. You could not pay me enough. No. To go through my teens and twenties again. No, no. Actually, you probably could pay me enough. I could probably, figure, I could probably arrive at a well, number. Well, that's the thing. You, <laughs> youth is wasted on the young, right? Like, yeah. like we could go back and do it so much better now yeah. because we're more insightful. Yeah. That's not going to happen. So. Just think. We could invent podcasting. It'd be number one on the iTunes channel. Oh, man. Yeah. Those are the days. That's not going to happen either. Hang in there, everyone. Yes. You look better than you look on Zoom. Guaranteed. That's true. Guaranteed. And even if you don't, your students love you anyway. Yeah, even if you don't, on Zoom, there is a, um, like, that, cosmetically fix my appearance. That doesn't do anything for you me. You know, I did so it once. Sad. No, I did it once. I didn't record anything with it, but I was experimenting with it. And it made me look m just more um, lifeless. Oh. Because it, because it kind of like- Did you it, look like a vampire? I wish I looked like a vampire. I know. It gave me fangs. <laughs> I could say bat and be turned into a bat. It just kind of like, it decreased some of the, the shadows and the lines which made me look like interesting not a not a like human. a mannequin yes yeah. all right i think it's pronounced mannequin mannequin all right everyone well thanks for being here jason we'll see you well what anyways whatever we'll see <laughs> we'll see if this gets you on to the next week okay we'll we'll let everybody vote and we'll see if you'll be back next week uh okay okay bye what is that voice i'm just kidding i don't know i'm just i'm I i'm working i'm just no working it out i was being sad jason <laughs> sad demure sad emo jason yeah all right i'm going to wrap things How up i could never be sad with that dog <sighs> with the marsupial dog next yeah. to us thanks for listening everyone until next week enjoy your practice